0: CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Bosch Software Innovations. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjog All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Joke All.
1: Hello and uh, welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Always, uh, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTRLive, and look for this show as hashtag CFO. Today's topic is the bright future of the CIO and CFO partnership. And our guests for today's show uh, are actually the part of the team at Christiana Care Health System. We first have... Uh Randy Gaborial uh, who's the CIO. Hi Randy, how are you? Uh
2: superb Sanjog. Thank you for having us.
1: Oh, great to have you. And we also have Tom Corrigan who's the Senior Vice President of Finance and the uh, Chief Financial Officer. How are you, Tom?
3: Great. Good morning.
1: Good morning to you too. Now, CIOs and CFOs have long had somewhat a contentious relationship in terms of how each other views the other department. But while the CI CFO relationship has gotten more, uh... civil is that i'm just just kind of uh... putting it in in a lighter note we feel it it has a potential to be a great partnership and in fact uh... sometime back we did uh... i did a live event and where i started with saying i have a dream that there would be a time and and cfo's would work together so uh... with that relationship where it stands today where it is uh... moving let's start with you uh... randy Where you look at IT as a strategic for most businesses, it is the fundamental building block, it is the one which is weaving everything together. From your vantage point, how do you see the relationship between CI and CF evolving?
2: Well, I think uh, we both recognize, first, in in healthcare, which may be unique from other industries, is that this is effectively an information business. And with regard to that, it's, it's, it's not only strategic to most businesses, but in healthcare, it's the actual platform with which we actually operate. Everything about patient information, everything about provider information, everything about integrating that information to drive interventions. So I think we both recognize that. And as we look forward for the way healthcare is transforming, it actually drives further around actually becoming almost a really a data-driven industry. So there's not really one question, one objective, one problem, one initiative that, that can be executed without actually having IT uh, as the platform. So I think that Tom um, and I both recognize that together, and that creates a different foundation for, I think, um, how we work together versus what you might see in other organizations. Tom, from your
1: vantage point, IT, yes, take 20 years back, yes, IT was there. 10 years back, yes, IT was there. Now, we just say that IT is a little more important. For you, you want to get the numbers straight, and you want to make sure that the organization and in investing at the right place. And, and IT is just another uh, source of uh, value and a place where you would invest, or would you think it has uh, evolved to a point where you start taking notice that this is one of those key areas where I have to make take take a second look and see where value is getting created and, and perhaps provide some active contribution in that regard?
3: Yeah, I think it's the uh, the latter point, the second point that uh, we're looking to generate value through our investments in information technology. Uh, there there are structural shifts that are occurring in the healthcare industry today They're, they're not cyclical shifts uh it's a dyna- dynamic that uh technology will be able to support the the transition uh, into these structural changes and uh we use technology as Randy indicated uh across our business lines uh as a way to to share data, to weave us, uh, together in our organization. It's a way for us to effectively communicate with each other, uh, through the, the data interchange, the data accessibility. And, and in our particular case at Christiana Care, unlike, uh, probably most businesses in, in, uh, the non-healthcare arena, uh, the, our, uh, the, the people that deliver value to us, our physicians, for the most part are not employed by Christiana Care. Uh, they're effectively, uh, uh, free agents, if you will, there. Uh, IT is mightily important to our physicians and to our administrative staff. It ties us together. It's one way to tie us together. And, uh, our co- our culture actually promotes this integration of people and data.
1: So, uh, Randy, in your world, when you look at the, the language you used to speak in the past versus the one uh, you speak now, are you talking more in numbers, which the, the, the finance department understands better, or you just start talking uh, a common language, which the CEO and the COO and, the, and everybody else talks, and then you expect the, the finance folks to start uh, utilizing whatever you're speaking and interpreting it properly?
2: Well, I think uh the IT organization has a responsibility to really think from IT out to the organization and translate their needs into our, you know, our internal language, if you will. But we have to think bilingually mm-hmm. and communicate that way. Uh, but there are things there there are certain terms and languages, but we, we both see it as our responsibility to help our audience understand and grasp what we're trying to accomplish so we can support them. But I, I can actually dive a little bit into, for example, there are some pieces where IT language still comes through. And a case where, where Tom and I intersect quite a bit is when we think about large-scale transformational uh, implementations. And we still have to get into some IT language there. Think of things like, uh, words like, Unit testing and integration testing and user acceptance testing, or that whole concept, or words like landscapes and instances, or production versus cert environments. So we we have to do a little bit of education when we're trying to help them understand how we have to actually, I guess, move serially through a, a, a sequence to get to an outcome um, and. So I think that that helps us where we're able to educate on the points where there, there's not necessarily an easy way to translate really other than just through education. Um, and you know, Tom, that, that may be helpful uh, for some CFOs. It seems to be very helpful here because I think that um, Tom, as as our relationship has developed over the past several years, um, Tom establishes sort of a comfort as each new effort we step into um Tom already has this sort of stuff really uh, in his DNA and his thinking as we approach new new projects. Uh, and even, we, even as we begin to talk about uh, capitalizing new transformational efforts, he begins to understand these things. So I think we both end up bilingual to some degree.
1: Now, this is great that you at the leadership level are doing it, but essentially both of you cannot be Hercules and, and kind of pull this off all by yourself. Do you think the same sentiment and the same uh, effort to become bilingual is percolating throughout your organization? So, Tom, what do you think? Do the finance people, the, the reportees that you have, do they have the same zeal to really become bilingual or they say, why should I change the language I speak in, let the people come and do the translation and bring that over. Well,
3: uh, yeah, a couple of points there. I'd say uh, first, change is always uh, a daunting task, and uh, it's not easily accomplished. But I will say that inside our organization, uh, we have a common vision uh, regarding where we want to go, and our organization really rewards partnership um that's our culture uh we emphasize communication sometimes uh to an outsider it might seem that we actually over communicate and meet too often as a matter of fact but it's all a part of building this foundation of knowledge and uh common interest in the path forward so our culture is one of working together and uh Although it might sound a bit theoretical, um, we actually believe it. We live that, and uh, in our case with our particular health system, uh, we're we're a dominant um, uh, force in our community, and uh, we we need to de- deliver value to the people who we live with in our community, our neighbors. Uh, we, we see them every day. They've all touched our health system in one way or another, and uh, we have to live up to uh, their needs, and we have to live up to the reputation, the strong reputation that we've uh, developed here.
1: So, Randy, based on what Tom mentioned and your response in the past, it looks like you guys are a poster child for any organization which is a CINCF for relationship, and everything looks awesome and good and perfect. But is that there, or is there something left to be desired? Let's get real.
2: Well, um, I think in, in getting real, it, it starts actually, I think, based on a relationship of actually trust and actually being able to communicate to each other. Um, and, and again, so, you know, starting sort of culturally, you know, we have that, that method that we call sort of the Christianity care way that we, that we behave. But getting real means, you know, when when there's issues and there's risk, which happens when we're putting in, you know, fifty, hundred million dollar projects um, that have a lot of intangible change, uh, you know, affecting the way people work, you know, boy, that's getting real on the front line of how we're actually going to operate the business. And I think where we get real is when when I sense risk, or concern, or problems, uh, I have an ability to go to Tom and to express those types of concerns. And we're able to do that early on. Tom, Tom, you know, what I feel is he doesn't require that I come to the table and say, Randy, don't bring a solution without, or don't bring a problem without a solution. Uh, We, we work together in a way where we feel risk. It's, you know, it may, it's an individual sport to identify risk, but it's a team sport to solve it. And if we don't, operate that way. We lose the recovery window to solve problems. Uh, and so I feel like that is tacitly, in a lot of ways, the, the, the real part of the relationship of why I'm able to be successful in pulling off large, complex things in this environment with Tom as the partner who has to effectively capitalize these things. So... Uh, certainly things are not always smooth. I don't think I've ever been through a project that actually, you know, the battle plan, you know, aligns with, uh, you know, first contact with the enemy. You know, it always, it always sort of leaves a lot to be desired once you get deep into something. So, uh, but I feel there's a, um, there's a trust and a respect when I bring things forward to work through them in a team manner.
1: So Tom, have there been situations where you'll say, let's take it outside? Yeah,
3: I think there are. I think uh just as a backdrop that uh in our organization for the larger um, information technology projects we actually have a committee that's comprised of the chief medical officer, the chief operating officer, Randy and myself and the chief nursing officer, the leaders in our uh health system who actually uh... wade into each of these larger requests and we as a committee prioritize uh... these large requests that that come by and then at that point it's really uh... implementation uh... we uh... randy and i don't have to do battle on which project uh... should be undertaken first it's it's pretty well laid out uh... by this committee and uh... we we take it from there uh, you know some of the areas that Randy and I might disagree on, upon may be the the pace at which the project is is being implemented uh and we try to mutually understand where the uh the barriers might be either within the operating departments that are involved in that product, project or within uh, Randy's uh, uh, department and his allocation of resources to particular projects. So, sure, we have those kinds of discussions, but uh, uh, we work this out uh, in a pretty logical fashion, actually. So, no, we haven't had uh, uh, disputes that were unresolved, if you will, if that's what you're leading to, no.
1: All right, let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And uh, look at IT always seen as... Um an investment where sometimes, yes, you can quantify value, but never to the to, to the last cent. So if there are quant- non-quantifiable ways in which IT produces value, and Randy has uh, an agenda where he wants to see that be pushed through, and Tom looks at it and say, if I don't see an ROI in a hard dollars, I'll have tough time swallowing it. How do you get through that so that the things which are important and not just always quantifiable still get done? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back.
0: HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the
4: cloud. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing.
0: HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sun Joke All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All.
1: Welcome back. So, Randy, you may have a project which may not always have a very clear cut ROI number attached to it, but still it looks like it's gonna have a direct impact on the goodwill and overall productivity and or the morale. Whatever the soft benefits are. How'd you get that approved and or uh, presented to uh Tom's group so that they look at it objectively and really allow you the give you the blessing?
2: Okay. This, um... I'm thinking about this in sort of two ways. And, and there's there's projects that, you know, that we think about that will have a – generate a return. And what's interesting is to, what Tom does recognize is the fact when we're making investments that may fall onto the IT budget in, in building capacity or executing software tools that create an organizational capability, um, he recognizes that often, you know, that return – is not necessarily going to fall within IT, but it's outside of IT and, and, and often is in a really sort of distributed manner. So so when we get to those, he's not saying, oh, you're going to put this software in, how much is IT cost going to go down? It's it's He understands that we're actually maybe investing more heavily into IT to generate returns in, or productivity gains in other areas. But when it comes to investments, for example, let's think of something like, okay, it's time to upgrade the email system. Uh, where, where I find Tom to be just foundationally practical is that, um, and this is language he's used is that, you know, for things like that that are, that we're putting in place that just drive the organizational productivity for the core engine of operations, I myself as a CIO don't have to actually spend valuable time quantifying every last element of a direct ROI on that. And he just recognizes those are, those are just fundamental structural components to run in the organization. So in that case, I'm able to really instead spend time leading the resources and creating sort of value through the technologies that we define as sort of competitive strategic differentiators. Now, our goal overall, sort of the mission of IT is we seek to put IT to work. We don't seek to actually play the role of making IT work. Um, and And Tom recognizes that. And that makes my job, I think, a lot easier that I don't have to chase every penny of ROI on these structural pieces. But I think there's a component of trust, which is we're always evaluating at the same time, how can we deliver those those foundational pieces in a lower cost and more effective fashion? And that's where, when I look at my budget, how do I free up those dollars to actually redeploy them into the higher value return areas?
1: So Tom, um in your role as a CFO, yes, you might you you like Randy as an individual, and you guys get along well. That is not justified to approve a non-quantifiable uh, initiative as a CFO. And your approach to doing the due diligence and approving or disapproving or correcting another investment request is also to be seen as transparent for people to say this is being done objectively to how how do you go about creating the right framework the right foundation so that people who are approaching you essentially have done whatever they need to to create a valid business case and and also in addition to uh, that particular case, the non quantifiable projects come to you with some sort of an objective criteria so that you can say yes or no easily versus banking on you liking Randy.
3: Yes, that's that's a very good point. And uh, in my role as CFO, I I really have to keep the uh, strategy, mission, objectives, long-term goals of the organization top of mind. And uh, uh, I don't make decisions based on personalities, if you will. I do want to distinguish uh... with respect to individual projects that come our way <clears throat> to this uh... committee that for the most part the projects emanate from the individual departments they're not emanating from the information technology department but rather from our heart and vascular department oncology department et cetera et cetera and so they're responsible for the justification and they're responsible f- for making the case for the individual project in those cases, what we're looking for is, okay, is this project aligned with our long-term goals? And of course, one of our long-term goals is to provide the best care that we can provide to our patients. Is this project going to support that? Does this project have buy-in from our physician providers? Uh, how does it affect the delivery of care? Those types of questions come into play on a routine basis? Does it improve the safety uh, that environment uh within our care delivery? And then we ask questions about ROI. Does it deliver cost savings? Is there an opportunity for upside revenue with this project? Those questions uh are asked and then we have to make a judgment and on our committee I'm speaking to the larger projects that we evaluate. We have to make a judgment on, a, uh, on our committee whether one, it's a valid project uh, in our minds and, and two, how do we, uh, how do we prioritize this project among the field of projects that come to our attention? There are other, uh, projects that Randy will bring forward that might have to do with, let's say, disaster recovery, uh, patient privacy and security, uh, the network, the basic, uh, foundation and, uh, for our systems, those requests, uh, should be aligned with what we see coming down the pike here in terms of these larger projects. We have to be in a position to have the infrastructure to support these individual requests that are coming our way. And we really rely on Randy's, uh, judgment, uh, to drive these infrastructure projects forward.
1: So, would you say that your uh, basic decision making is not gut-based? It's primarily data-based.
2: Uh, you know,
3: it's we 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 like facts. Uh, we like to rely on facts, but uh, as a matter of course, judgment often comes into play and instinct uh, because uh, it's difficult to dollar-quantify value, and and at times, yeah, there's a bit of instinct that's involved in the decision-making, but we're looking for facts at all times. We want to see that first, and then let's have a discussion on the uh, what-ifs.
1: So, Randy, based on what Tom just responded, uh, a committee sits in and evaluates the initiatives that you are proposing. How much of the the technology know how you expect or you request in order for them to objectively evaluate because they could be evaluating them on criteria which you may not have enough um, you know data points for, but if somebody understood i t maybe they will see the value sometimes it does happen that way. so what is your approach to prepping them or giving them the required knowledge and information and training and education? for them to make a decision and an informed decision with some knowledge of IT?
2: Well, if we go back to the way we govern our IT initiatives and make decisions to effectively allocate uh, what is always sort of not enough capital to execute all the desired efforts. um, When when there's a request that's made, the first thing that actually takes place uh, in advance of any information moving to this governance group is within the information technology domain, we do what's called a solutions intake, where we have a multidisciplinary IT team that reviews each request and then actually translates all that information out to what we see as resource requirements, uh, complexity, what we see as impact to, uh, you know, a, a sort of a pro forma estimate of impact to the business, function itself, uh, how do we see this aligning with our annual operating goal as well as our long-term strategic goal, and we actually do a scoring mechanism, and when the information is then presented to that group, which is provided to them in advance, along with a narrative, um, they're able to actually wrap their heads around it in terms of the value creation for the organization, the risks, um, and any other sort of value judgments that we put in place um, For them to make decisions. Uh, And we find that that's sort of seemingly effective um, to get around those decisions. And we actually, I mean, we present this information even in a visual way with where we we score it on a matrix uh, so everybody can think about it from the dimensions and their past experiences when they, when we are, when we're approaching an effort. Um, That allows us to actually get governance, uh, you know, as we cycle through our governance meetings on a monthly basis. it enables us to actually get through these things and actually make large, complex decisions and digest the information. Um, and I also think that our governance group made up of the C-level officers um, recognize that because they're quite often um, usually quite quite <laughs> thankful in terms of helping organize the information in a way that's digestible. But um, I have to let my, my colleague, Tom, comment on, on on the value from his perspective. I was
3: going to say, I think we have a really uh, good process in place that Randy and his team have developed that uh, helps to educate our committee, puts, uh, explains uh, the more challenging IT technical issues in layman's uh, language. And at our committee, we will ask, often ask the question, can this project be deferred? And also, if we do not approve this project, what are the implications to the organization? And we, uh, uh, you know, we, we think about that a lot, and uh, we push that uh, question uh, for for these projects.
1: Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And uh, let's look at, and this is a question coming back. Uh, I'll be posing to you, Tom. Is in terms of the tools and uh, environment that IT can provide finance to do better decision. Is there something um, IT comes to you and says, if you wanted to do better decision making, make better judgment and, and get more proper data, let me help you create an environment where you should be able to take Uh, look at things objectively versus uh, looking at it from from just plain gut check or or, uh, a committee-based decision. So what is technology doing to help support the finance function, in short? Let's explore that. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back.
0: HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud.
4: Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing.
0: HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Welcome
1: back. So, Tom, do you see specific opportunities and areas in which IT could offer you uh, platforms or tools or, or techniques or or uh, availability of data in a certain fashion so that you can do your job better and it turns around and helps them.
3: Yeah, there's one uh, project that uh, particularly comes to mind, which is uh, essentially an overhaul of our data warehouse, where which captures financial and clinical data from around our organization and from all of the applications that we utilize inside our system. And uh, I mentioned earlier that there really is a structural change uh, coming in our, that's happening today in our industry. And uh, that's uh, revolving around the way we deliver clinical care to our patients and how we are improving value for our patients and the measurement of that improved value for our patients. And also the way we get paid by insurance companies, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, and other payers out there that they too want to see clinical value and they want to see, uh, lower cost provided by a health system. So we need to, over time, uh, look at information, uh, that describes, uh, clinical, clinical results, clinical care paths, aligned with financial information along that same clinical care path and begin to tie those two together in order to determine the value that we're delivering to the people, the organizations that pay us. Our data warehouse and the an- analytics that will ultimately ultimately be derived from that are really key in our long-term strategy to uh, stay in sync with the structural change that's occurring in the industry.
1: Randy, when you look at the journey, of course, you know, now you are, um, as I mentioned earlier, looks like a poster child of the partnership between CNCFO, and CFO. And yes, the, this is work in progress as well. We always can get better. But when it started, where do you feel... Um, was, were the gaps and, or how, how did the journey go about what lessons were learned so that the listeners who may have, uh, been facing similar issues or, or, other issues could get some value out of it?
2: Well, I think, um, you know, when, when we came to the organization, I think, you know, Tom and I, um, uh, both came from outside the, the health services industry, um, so, I think there, uh, as Tom Tom would indicate, there there may be just sort of some philosophical alignment that we both came from, uh, sort of for-profit, uh, industry-driven, you know, Wall Street-traded sort of backgrounds. Um, and but when, when we both came in, so, um, you know, I joined after Tom did. Uh, uh, you know, first, I had a lot to learn coming in this industry. I mean, it was effectively a, a complete transition of industry for me um, and the same for Tom. So, I actually... Uh, Tom offered for me even some advice early on, um, and I, you know, as, as I went and asked him questions, um, you know, he was, you know, more than willing to help me sort um, of get the right runways for success, um, which was helpful. The other major piece is, is we actually had some projects that required um, sort of some re a, a reapproach um, as I ended the organization for us to. To uh, kind of reignite some some challenging uh, obstacles that, that we were facing, and so Tom was uh, Tom was effectively my, my my key partner in establishing that, uh, and so kind of over the course of my first 60 days, um, it was sort of you know stepping into uh, stepping into the oven here, um, and I relied a lot on Tom. To, uh, to help me navigate some of the obstacles and what are we really trying to accomplish and where do we have constraints so I could then determine where the obstacles were in my own area and then across the business. So it, it may be just serendipitous that it played out the, that way, uh, but it helped us and helped me align pretty quickly with him because really that first major effort I had to undertake was – Right in that whole sort of the traditionally that you call it maybe the order to cash cycle outside healthcare or the revenue cycle inside healthcare, um, and it was right in Tom's wheelhouse that uh, that I needed to work.
1: So um, from your uh, standpoint, Tom, did you expect a certain, um, or did you have any expectations from how an IT department should function? And you know everybody builds with their personality and their their thought process based on the experiences they had. Did you have any uh, set expectations of this is how IT should behave, and this is where uh, you will be able to partner, or or by design you came with a blank sheet of paper, and this is, and and we'll just take it from how it goes.
2: Well,
3: I think uh, it was refreshing when Randy t- joined the organization because. Uh, he didn 't have a uh, let 's say a parochial view of the i t department he w- He looked immediately and it was evident he was looking at our entire christian care health system as he was making decisions He was also a uh, a strategic thinker, if you will, and that's he spoke in those terms he thought in those terms, and as Randy just mentioned. We did have a major, uh, uh, project underway, uh, in, in my department to essentially replace our revenue system. And, uh, we were really floundering and uh, project was being delayed, weren't so sure whether we had the right team in place. And, uh, Randy and I were basically thrown into the fire and, uh, the consequence was that we developed a more realistic budget for the project more realistic time frame and we put a new team together so a certain amount of glue was uh... provided by that project between randy and myself i wouldn't recommend that uh... <laughs> other organizations try to have a disaster on their hands in order to improve the cfo uh... cio relationship but uh, that definitely provided some glue between the two of us as we as we worked our way out of that.
1: Now, from a priority standpoint, do you think that the only way of partnership – and this is a question for you, Randy um, – uh, do you think the only way partnership can actually be successful that you have exactly the same set of priorities? Because, see, you're measured differently by the executive management for totally two different things. Would you be – Two organizations who have to strive to align or strive to converge? Um,
2: well, I think we, we're sitting in a place right now in healthcare, as Tom's talking about, that, that is a turbulent industry with a lot of uncertainty. Where, where, we, where we converge and align is understanding what are the underlying strategic themes of change. Um, in that case. And we, we also both have to serve, which is interesting in, in our roles, is we're one of probably, you know, you know Tom, myself, and maybe the CEO are, are sort of the three roles that actually really serve as wide-angle lenses, that we have to actually touch every corner of the system, uh, every corner of the business. We have to, you know, Tom has to understand, you know, what's going on to be able to capitalize and understand the operational, uh, expense and I have to be in a position to help basically uh, empower and put wind in their sails to sort of operationally transact as well as strategically enable what their goals are so uh, based on on that you know we can coalesce around those goals we are bound by you know just think about in terms of our our annual operating objectives we're bound by a singular set of objectives together but we also have unique things that we have to do to get to those objectives. And in some cases, we have to negotiate with each other um, priorities and challenges and decisions around that. And that comes back to fundamentally, which is we have to get together and talk through things in that that logical fashion that Tom put forth.
1: So um, when it comes to the CFOs camp, um, do you think, Tom, you have to do some extra training, prep? Uh, expectation setting for the rest of the folks in your group to work differently or better with the corresponding IT counterparts, because traditionally, this mindset prevails in many, many organizations. So you may have figured out a way to work together between you and Randy, but not everyone in your respective groups may be looking at each other um, in the same fashion, what do you do to to get your folks aligned
3: yeah that 's a good point we we all uh, we 've got a lot of different personalities in in my department uh lots of people who interact with the i t department i mean what I emphasize is openness, honesty, transparency, and communication and I think you can have differences of opinion, but let's understand what those uh, differences are. Let's try to work them out. If you can't work them out, I, I can be a tiebreaker or somebody's supervisor can be a tiebreaker or Randy can be a tiebreaker, but let's at least get it out in, in the open and let's, uh, you know, try to understand the perspective of the other party because it's a very, very uh, rapidly changing environment, like Randy says, and the anxiety can get, uh, you know, pretty high at times as we're wading through these projects. And uh, we need to support each other. We've got a common mission for Christiana Care Health System, so we need to support each other. We're on the same team, and let's try to remember that. So these are things we have to emphasize continuously and uh, reinforce. So that people don't forget them, and we, we do try to reinforce it and, and and
2: keep that dialogue open. Um I'd like to add to that from from my perspective. When when I think about trying to affect change and relationships, uh, department to department, um, I, I approach it and think of we we can be on sort of 30, 60, 90 day, 120 day sort of cycles to effectuate change. One of the things that I had done to increase that frequency, so we could actually drive change and, and interaction much more effectively in terms of the way we're, we approach things like the IT budget when we got when I got here, approaching how we we uh, measure project success and all those types of things, is installing um, effectively, you know, a finance leader within IT who can spend more time working directly with. Um, you know, Tom's team members, Uh, that has been immensely helpful to have a role like that within IT, Um, and so I've been lucky in, in being positioned by having a person who's very effective at doing that who understands, first, it's about building the relationships, establishing credibility, creating trust, and then having the ability to begin introducing the change that we seek. Yeah,
3: that, that's a good point, Randy, because we we have a monthly meeting with uh, an individual in Randy's department who looks back over the past 30 days and uh, goes, uh, reviews the applications that touch the finance department and what the issues have been uh, throughout the month, downtime, uh, uh, you name it. Whatever the issue is for that particular application. Delay in an upgrade, et cetera, et cetera. And brings the, the good and the bad news forward and it's presented in an open forum and we talk about it and we talk about root cause resolution and when that will occur, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, it's a great conversation. It's sometimes a hard conversation for the IT person, but we respect the fact that the individual is involved with us and is making his best efforts to uh, get us up to the place where we need to be. So it's uh, a great idea on Randy's uh, part to introduce that to us uh, several years ago, and it's, it's really working well. We've, we've got a go-to person in, in the IT department when we've got issues.
1: Let's take a quick break, listeners. Uh, When we come back, let's look at a couple of strategies that organizations have either been attempting or recommending, which is one is to say, instead of try to have IT folks learn finance or finance folks learn IT, how about having a bridge organization which essentially understands both functions and have them become interpreters? What's the effectiveness of a, of a, a solution like that or a department or a set of people like that? And second is to take a sabbatical, literally have people... Uh, rotate assignments where an IT person actually joins finance department, a finance person comes a little bit in IT, because at the end of the day, we are trying to talk about partnership between two departments, which means two different sets of people with two different types of backgrounds. So are these type of uh, strategies effective? Have they been tried maybe maybe by your organization or others that you may know of? And and what has been the outcome? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back
4: Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing.
0: HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All, to learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Jog all.
1: Welcome back. So Randy, would you recommend a bridge organization or set of business analysts or folks who understand both parties to become the translators versus trying to have either party or either team trying to become the other?
2: Uh, I absolutely would recommend that. And we do have that in place with um, with a person who reports directly to me who actually is a finance professional um, who bridges that gap and can live inside uh Tom's domain with Tom's team, um, and can and, and can basically translate the language where where when we're trying to execute initiatives um, you know or drive change, things when we're moving at speed and trying to operate at scale, things can can get knocked off the tracks. And by having that role we're we we tend to experience far less um, distraction by having someone who serves as a translator between both, that that lives in my er area, reports into me, uh, and lives in Tom's area, basically.
1: So, Tom, would you rather have that be driven by uh, other departments and finance departments should take more of a uh, a passive role in terms of having to learn another uh, area, or you, would would you be comfortable dealing with an interpreter, uh, and 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 not have that thought that there might be something getting lost in translation the way it's been explained to you?
3: You know, I, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, we uh, over the last several years have actually uh, sought uh, people uh, who have a little bit of an IT background. To, to come into our department in particular roles where uh... they have a, a joint skill in finance accounting um, patient billing etc but they also have some skill uh... uh... with say database utilization um they understand software uh... they may not be quite as skilled they aren't quite as skilled as as somebody who's. who's Uh, lifelong training is in the information technology but they've got enough to really understand and ask the right questions and also have enough knowledge to understand the the capabilities of the software that we're utilizing these people are extremely helpful to us in our relationship with uh, the information technology department and the way we conduct our business in the department.
1: Randy what kind of culture in an organization, would foster or help foster a relationship between CIO and CFO camps, a healthy one.
2: Well, I, I, it starts really with um, the organizational, uh, the organizational culture, uh, and I'll, I'll frame that actually, which is is part of our you know our DNA, and it's we really focus on the mission, and that maybe. That may be shorter or easier to connect in health services than other industries, but we focus, you know, significantly on how do we serve our neighbors as respectful, expert, caring partners in their health. And our goal as management and as leaders is to do this by creating innovative, effective, affordable systems of care that the, that our neighbors value. And when we think about the culture. You know, culture does come from the top, from leadership. And, I, you know, I think of, you think of the CEO as a way as being as much the chief executive officer as the chief culture officer of an organization. And as C-level executives, we're trustees of that culture to carry that into our organizations, our, 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 our respective departments. You know, because any given day, we can all be quite stratified and fragmented and disconnected um, so that's an active part of my responsibility um, is to is to continue to carry that culture through the organization.
1: Um, Tom, from your uh, vantage point, what kind of culture does your team expect in order for them to be uh, working voluntarily to build a healthy relationship with its uh, you know IT counterpart?
3: Yeah, I think, uh, there are a couple aspects to our culture that are important that, uh, that drive it. One is we have a, a servant leader, uh, culture here. It starts with our CEO and, uh, that requires good, good listening skills, uh, trying to understand the viewpoint of others and listening and listening and listening and communicating and respect for others in the organization is a critical component and I think that's top of mind for all the leaders in our organization. We also put an awful lot of time into training and uh, reinforcing this message to our employees. We have extensive training programs, uh, that support, uh, this idea of respect for each other and uh, other training programs too. So, uh, And we also have a a very, very important uh, diversity and inclusion uh, uh, effort uh, within our organization that was introduced uh, formally, if you will, uh, several years ago. But uh, that message uh, continues to be played out. And the value of people with different backgrounds, different experiences, um, and the... uh, uh, the value that can be gained by, uh, listening and getting input from others in the organization. So the fact that, you know, don't stay in your comfort zone. Reach out and, uh, and listen to others and take advantage of the uh, multiple talent that we have in the organization.
1: One last question. If, Tom, you had to look for, suppose Randy gets a million-dollar paycheck elsewhere and says, I want to move on, who as a leader would you like to see who you could again build a solid relationship as a CIO?
3: Well, I think it would be a Randy-like person uh, with the attributes that Randy brings to the table, which is uh, strong experience uh, in a not-for-profit and a for-profit organization, uh, great communication skills, a strategic thinker, a person who respects others, a great communicator, a great listener uh, inside uh, our organization. Those are just top-of-mind attributes that I would look for.
1: And Randy, if that was to happen with Tom, who would you like to see as a replacement?
2: Uh, I'd start with um, again reflecting Tom's ability to listen. Tom's ability to actually take action when you sense uh, or have a concern. Um, He is sort of he's he's very thoughtful in how he applies his power to help effectuate change. He's very he's, he's a he is I view him as he's a mastermind in terms of understanding complex circumstances. Uh, and the ability to simplify that for, for the, for the leadership team and for the organization. Um, and what is, I find most amazing is, you know, I can't be successful without Tom. I mean, my role depends on his for oxygen and
1: 30 seconds, uh, Randy. So, yep,
2: so uh, to, we'll, ability yeah, to basically uh, establish trust. Um, and set clear standards for what he looks for in terms of facts. It's, it's never a secret when you're going to Tom to figure out how he's going to process information. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that makes my job much more easy and effective.
1: On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you both, uh, Randy and Tom, for sharing your thoughts on how we can have organizations build a fantastic partnership between CIO and the CFO.
3: Thank you very much.
2: Thank you, Sanjay.
1: Thank you again. Uh, Listeners, please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless.
0: Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show